Aquarian Music Witch, the podcast. Well, thank you for talking to me on this, the final day of the godforsaken year of 2023. And I feel that this is such a full circle moment because you are one of my closest friends since, when was it? Middle school, right? High school. Seventh grade. Amazing. I think the reason I first heard of you was that you were in the back of the choir class cursing your head off. And that was very funny to some of us. (laughs) (laughs) And ever since then, I think we've been friends of some kind and we've seen each other like, has it, I don't know if it's been every year or maybe like every other year, but I think we've done actually, I'm pretty proud of myself for maintaining adult friendships and actually seeing you like most, mostly every year, I think. Does that sound right? I think so. Just about. Um, yeah, we've stayed connected throughout the years. And um, I remember when we first met, like officially, I just remember sitting down at the lunch table that you were sitting at that um we had mutual friends and just like thought that you were interesting and just was like who's this creature and just <laughs> was like I distinctly remember your hands were folded together and your thumbs were circling around each other and you were like hello and we just began conversing <laughs> it was um well now just like recognizing each other I guess that we were meant to connect and then I sorry go ahead oh yeah well no I don't know we just ended up staying connected I don't think I had talked to anyone who um I even went to high school with I think that um you're my longest lasting friend at this point I know I think I would say the same thing but I'm laughing because that seems like a very ideal idealized version of me because what I would remember is smacking you for cursing. <laughs> because at the time I was like <laughs> very in the Christian church and I thought I was like super principled about not cursing or something. And so I would like hit you, which was really violent and horrible of me. So and I'm for, very blessed that you stayed my friend after that behavior. And for some reason, I don't remember that. Like, I'm glad because it was too traumatizing. <laughs> And we've talked about that. Like, I don't remember that happening at oh all, but gosh. maybe my highest self was just like, we'll make it through this part. Like, <laughs> we'll get well, well, I think we were all deeply traumatized when it came to the place that we grew up. I'm pretty sure everybody I knew had some kind of a serious mental issue. And I think it was the place. So we might. I seriously talking. think there was something in the water and it was almost like it was electrical. I feel like there was a strange like frequency being emitted you know in the air Absolutely. it well, wasn't we were, it wasn't okay it wasn't okay we were in um we were in a place i guess you'd call it sterling right or like i guess loudon county overall but sterling was the technical address where i lived yeah when i was growing up the first house i lived in was a townhouse i don't think you ever went there 2000 we moved into the other house that i lived in over there um and I think that was Cascades, technically, that second place. But the first place was Sterling. So that's kind of what I think of. But that whole area was like outside of D.C. And we've also talked about this before, that I think it was like a hellmouth or some kind of a weird portal. And I have all these ideas about the architecture, too, or like the sacred geometry of how they designed that city. 
they pretty clearly wanted to make it like a talisman to draw certain things to happen in, in certain Christian nationalist ways. But I think the effect uh, energetically of the area was just like disgusting. And so we just happened to be these casualties of like children growing up in this town, which was so political, but everyone just hated themselves. Everyone was in competition. Everybody was like nihilistic. I don't know. And there was no hope. There was nothing like beautiful about it. <laughs> was I, was I just biased? That's how I felt about that whole area. No, um, mental illness was on the forefront there. I mean, <laughs> so unwell. Like, you know, like people to, you know, it's like a weird loop to get here to my point with this, but, you know, people are so afraid of the end of the world right now, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like people are afraid of what's going to happen next. It's, is it going to be like, you know, food scarcity or water or, you know, in Sterling, though, in that area, I swear to God, if they took away the pills for one day, mm -hmm. if the pharmaceutical industry tanked, like, and there were just no pills available, I mean, you know, those people have controlled mania over there, mm -hmm. and they're all heavily, heavily, heavily medicated. And if you just took away the pills for a day, there would be mushroom clouds and fires, like, <laughs> it would just like... <laughs> sheer chaos well, in that yeah. area like it's so controlled right Very now cool. in a weird way um but that's like that's like the medicated version can you imagine no i but agree anyway. with you because it's like people that are almost like deluding themselves or they're living in this weird world where like everything really is I don't even know what to say like the worst all the time and then you just kind of have to numb yourself and get through it and just not even think about it like I think that's a big reason why I even was involved in the church at that time there was one big church that was growing the whole time I was growing up that um mm -hmm. I don't even know if you ever came and we probably tried to like proselytize to you at some point because there was that whole like youth service I was <laughs> in forever um but it was like the only thing to do like they had like fun events and they would do like I remember they one time they rented a fire truck and they hosed us all with foam spray like which sounds really <laughs> weird and sexual actually now I'm saying it but these are all like youth pastors who have no actual responsibility with kids but it was like the only thing to do in that entire town except for I guess drugs or kill yourself like am I, am I exaggerating <laughs> so I love you um so you're not the only powerful witch who has spoken to DC the way um that so, so I've had a mentor and my first yoga teacher and um, astrology mentor mm. um, described DC the same way that you did with it being like some type of weird grid yeah. with energetic channels that were like, had like malice intention behind them and that it did create like the worst energy, like, you know, like a hell mouth, the way that you described it, like she described it as like a strange portal to hell essentially and um that it's a spell that it's a bad spell and we were on the outskirt of it and i just remember it being like no i'm i'm with you one 100 it stirred up everyone's um neuroses you know wow. there was something about that area that was just not right and yeah i just feel like we were involved in some like dark agenda experiment um <laughs> <laughs> we were the casualties absolutely um i think we turned out okay but don't fuck with us you I know like we came, from, 
Yeah, we turned out pretty good. First of all, I mean, first of all, you and I are both gay of some kind and we survived. What the hell? How do we even do that? And then we (laughs) not only that, but I think I would say we thrived. And like so much of what I respect even about your world is kind of like the Kundalini and astrology kind of places and that you were almost like one of my first forays into those areas just because of telling me about them. But I'm so thankful. I think about this sometimes, like I'm so thankful that you found all of that because I think it's, I think you survived for it because I think we started off in some very dark places, you and I, and like not exactly the same place, but dark, like people wouldn't believe. And I think we both kind of had to do some pretty drastic things to rise out of that and to, embody who we're supposed to be and we're also both Aquariuses and uh so I think you like me just feel like have always felt like first of all we have to grow into ourselves but like we're here to do something big 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 and shift big things and just for us to make it to this point and to be doing that which I think we both really are is astounding to me I would say kudos So thank you. And yeah, thanks for recognizing. Um, I recognize you as well, fully and deeply. I do want to touch on that too, because I, I like this subject. Um, But yeah, it's like, there's, um, there's that part of me growing up there that feels like um, that, that felt like I was yearning something that something wasn't right. And that, I always knew even when I was like little that, you know, higher knowledge existed, that magic was, you know, entirely possible and real to access, but the place had a zipper up on it. Like where we grew up, it was like, you know, not going to be unveiled there, you know, or revealed rather. And it was depressing for me. And, um, And I always felt it like to the core, you know, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand anything about what that could have meant um, at the time. But then I moved, I moved to Richmond first, but then I moved to Asheville. Yeah. And um, And there was a lot of pain there too. That's, you were like attracted to another city that was just kind of like, I've been there a couple of times. I visited you there once and it was almost like. I guess you've described it as like wounded healers or like, but, it, but it's all yeah. sort of broken. Energy. You know, the, the chart of Asheville has a Mars Chiron conjunction in it, which would be like wounded healers. It's a, I mean, it's a town for healing, but trauma and healing go hand in hand. So it attracts a lot of traumatized people. That makes sense. Right. And so I was very that. traumatized. <laughs> yeah. But it also showed me like it unzipped the thing and it showed me, you know, the thing I've been craving forever, like access to the higher knowledge and to the mysticism that I always knew existed in my bones. But um, where we grew up, just it wasn't it wasn't there. And even though I'm a firm believer, it's all within, you know. Yeah, but like, the space was like squelching so. it out of all of us. I knew too. Like I had, I've been thinking about this. I had this aunt who recently passed, um, which is in a way a relief because she had been dealing with uh, some mind troubles but leading up to that. But when I was younger, she was, I mean, she was a witch and she, I, we would go over and visit my grandma in Pennsylvania and she would teach me Reiki. She would t- teach me energy work. She would 
work with me on stuff that it was like, I, I knew magic was a thing my whole life. I knew that, but I didn't know that because of where I lived. It was like, we all had this like cloud over our eyes and I just didn't. And then I had to take many years to kind of like reconnect that part of myself back to myself because there was something that really artificially separated it or something when I was there. I really think, and it might be like, that's the way you're talking about like a spell feels right to me. It's like, I forgot almost, even though I knew, you know? It's, it's 100%. And we get all these little slivers of um, hints to that in these cool movies that come out here and there, like things like, I don't know, like the dark crystal is like a great (laughs) example, like where it's like, you know, that's, actually like totally it you know what i mean there's like a darkness and people like tainting the like you know magic with their vile like sort of intention and keeping the ones who really are so powerful like in a fixed state where it's hard to wiggle out of it and it leaks out and it can it's a battle it's a freaking war is what it is um And so like, but in that place is a prime example, but in other places, like, you know, also acknowledging that it's a little bit of a bubble too, you know, like in places like Asheville or, you know, whatever, like, it's like a bit of a bubble, but at the same time, it's, um, it's both real and fake, right? Yeah. It's both real and fake. You know, I've, I've changed so much and, um, I'm really grateful to just be out of that and to have seen like and lived through the experience of growing up in that area too even though um like it's like no one did anything wrong like you know my parents didn't do anything wrong like raising us there like you know i i think a lot of people just didn't feel it or see it or weren't sensitive enough to it or yeah. I mean, really I know. Mean, a lot of people were doing their best and i definitely can't fault like i've talked about this with my mom and she has said um basically just moved there for job reasons and did her best. And that's why we were involved in that church because it was something, you know, and you, you, everyone's doing their best. Those people were also, were your, your parents were probably, my parents were like in their mid twenties when they had me. I don't know if yours were a little bit older or not, but they were older. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, people were just doing their best. I think the whole time. And I think you're right. Movies are totally, what do you want to say? Divinatory. Like there's a lot of, uh, that's something that I'm very into now is like divining things through symbols and signs that appear to you and how those mm-hmm. and uh, movies absolutely carry big nuggets of truth. So, um, yeah, I remember even like with that same aunt I was just talking about, she would have us watch Practical Magic. You know, that one with like Sandra Bullock. Yeah, um, it was almost like a training tutorial, like <laughs> but we thought it was just like a fun movie to watch. You know what I mean? But there's real there's real <laughs> knowledge and wisdom in there somewhere I really yeah she was actually like schooling you I mean we did <laughs> we would go out in nature we would like deal with the energies of the plants we did like she did like a kind of famously in the town did a tree hugging to revive a tree one time she's a really cool lady but oh my gosh I know true witches in these in these parts but Um, Yeah, sometimes it's more simple than you think. Like, sometimes, like, you know, you're not trying to, like, 
summon the you know angel of blah 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 sometimes like you're just trying Mm -hmm. to connect and heal with the earth and like give energy and like positive energy towards a tree that needs healing and like do the tree hugging like circle like sometimes the answer is more simple i agree and even just like and sometimes you do want to call the angel but um but i do remember i've also said before to you that it was such a important moment for me when I was going through my big spiritual awakening moment, which was in like whatever, 2021, I think, or something like that. Um, And one of the first people I called was you because at the time I was like, well, I mean, you always have given me, you've always been a good ear and uh, given me good advice and wisdom. But for some reason I was like, I really need to just explain to you what's going on. Cause I think you'll understand. And I think I was why would, why do I feel like I was in Asheville at that time or something, but I was calling you on the phone and I, anyway, I just walked up and down some neighborhood I was staying in that day of the street, some street and told you this whole story about like all these crazy things that were happening. And how I was like, I think I'm supposed to like save the world. Like I think I'm supposed to be like, <laughs> I'm the chosen one. And you were like, all right, first of all, like, like sit down. You're not the only chosen one. That was important for me to hear. And then second of all, you were like, go and put your feet on the ground and just feel that connection and breathe in and out, which I think is some kind of maybe a Kundalini based idea, but it helped me so much. Like I was floating around in the air at that time because I was also on like steroids and I was just like really just not grounded. And the first thing you were like, okay, all, all validated time to ground. And that was like the thing I needed to hear, because I do think when you're going through an awakening experience like that, it turns in, it can turn into, I don't know if it's necessarily psychosis, but like it can go into a place that just isn't grounded (laughs) too easily. And a lot of people fall into that trap when it's, especially when it's unprepared. And even one of the things you've said is with Kundalini, it's almost like in some ways it's kind of forcing that awakening too. So a lot of people can be unprepared and I just found that to be super valuable advice. Probably, probably you lived it and that's why you had it, but. <laughs> um. Oh yes. 100%. I was a kite without a string, you know, <laughs> like, I was just, you know, wandering and um, yeah, no, I had to um, learn kind of myself how to navigate it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I remember that phone call. I was in Charleston and you called me. I don't know where you were. I was I just visiting. In Nashville. I, for some reason, I'm remembering that I was, but like, I don't know yeah. why I wouldn't have been visiting you if I was. So you must have not been there that day or something like that. I was not there because I remember being in Charleston, South Carolina. And we were on the phone for a while. When yeah, that like happened. an hour. Yeah. I and that. I just remember that conversation and being like ah oh, you called the right person you know like i i know what this is that's going on you know and i didn't want to i remember being choosy with my words too because you know i understand when all that's happening it's hard to hear in the moment that like you know you're having a chosen one moment right now <laughs> and like i understand that and also there's you know a real big need to ground during those times because you sort of do um 
end up wandering off into outer space and maybe even accessing things that I don't know if we all should be accessing and just remembering that you belong on the earth and to like, you know, connecting to the planet and to like, like finding your anchor, you know, is so key. Like, I know this, we didn't even really, but I guess this podcast is mostly touching on spirituality. It can be whatever we want to talk about. I really want to hear about like your journey too. I'm not trying to take up this, this time with all my stories. I'm just, no, it's relevant. It's been a while. Yeah. It's 100% relevant. It's like, I, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I guess, you know, to anyone who would listen, who might be going through that right now, right. Yeah. Or like ends up going through that, or maybe like, oh yeah, I know what, you know, they're talking about <laughs> right now, like just a nod. But um, I, yeah, I think it's so key to just remain very grounded during those times. Like I remember this <laughs> might everyone's obsessed with like the crystals and the pretty ones and everything. I'm like, during that time, find like a rock, like from like the river or whatever, like yeah. find like a rock and like hold on to the rock in your hand and like meditate with like, the you know, like keep a rock in my pocket for a while. And I did, it was good. Yeah. It's like an eat like root vegetables, like yeah. literally yeah. grounding things, yeah. ginger tea. Aquarian Music Witch, the podcast, is made possible by listeners like you. To support this project, you can contribute directly through our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash aquarianmusicwitch. Or, consider subscribing to our Supercast page. With the AMW Supercast Content Access Pass, you'll gain access to a vault of exclusive content and other cosmic perks starting at just $5 a month. Now, back to the show. It really works. It was really exactly the medicine I needed. You know, I was too up and I wasn't too up in the sky or like I did prepare. That's part of it. Like I know, I, I think we talked about this too, that I did not ever experience like a Kundalini fire spine awakening. I did like the, the way that you, you do when you wake yourself up kind of like over time, I think I really, I really made that awakening happen. And so in some ways I was prepared because I got there, but in some ways I, but in some ways it's very easy to float up. And I really needed that grounding advice at that time. Even me <laughs> with as perfect as I am at all times. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that, um, it's so, oh gosh, I have so much to say about it, but, um, Good. no one can really, handle it completely entirely on their own I don't think I think Mm -hmm. sometimes you and that's like part of the age that we're coming into like it's like to tie this together a little bit it's like you know you're not alone like a lot of people are waking up and we need community and we need like people who have a an awareness around this to like you know be available like it's almost like you need a um even know what to describe it as just like a like a someone to hold your hand through that process a little bit you know just community um, and connection i totally agree i think that's a really good point it's dramatic and it's sometimes frightening to go yeah. through alone and i also with with the kundalini yoga stuff like you know that was and we can talk about that more but that was my path at the time to get to um like the experience that I 
had, which was like a very liquid, fiery, like, you know, dramatic, explosive awakening process, um, pounding at the door of God, let me in, forced <laughs> reaction, like a forced reaction to the. <laughs> And I don't think that that path is safe for everybody. And I also highly encourage people to like explore the paths that like, you know, work for them rather than just hearing things about Kundalini yoga or Kundalini like breath work or what, whatever. And just like being like, that sounds like fun. And like, that sounds like the way, like, you know, like you've got a gel and vibe for me you know, I, I read all the signs from the universe and it was undeniable that that was my path. And I think think it was like externally validating that I think for you in particular, that was the way that you had to do what you had to do and you did it. And it was amazing. And I think for a lot of people, it's not, and I think it can be a dangerous one and that it's a very, um, volatile vulnerable one and um that it's um it's just something to to you know meditate on you know it's just like i think people get very excitable when they hear about these kinds of in the eastern sense of the word like technologies um and it's like a buzzword now almost right like kundalini yeah. But, uh, yeah, it kind of came into fashion, like after you got into it, certainly from my perspective, but that is interesting when it becomes like a trend almost or like awakening becomes a trend, which to me is like, obviously, core. I think a lot of people woke up around the pandemic. I think that was a common experience, if anything, but at the same time, it then becomes like commercialized and now it's like a trend. And that's kind of a bizarre thing to watch happen and even to watch it die a little bit when you're like, no, but I really, this wasn't a trend to me, like this, this is my real life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um God, the pandemic, like it was like the 420 vision, right? Like certain people were definitely like <laughs> aware and waking up, and some people like have chosen their path and are just totally asleep. You know? Yeah. And- well, that's interesting too. And it's interesting to me sometimes I think people are on the same level, and then I realize all at once that they are not even though they appear that way, like to this day, but I do feel like we're all kind of living on different levels of what's happening, which is strange. (laughs) Yeah. You know, to kind of go back to something I said earlier, people are so afraid of their end of the world kind of thing. In a way we kind of already had it Yeah. like in a lot of ways. And in, in one to touch on one of those ways, it's like, I think we're all realizing now that a lot of our, um, reality is based on perspective and um i i I know people i'm not going to name names you know doesn't matter but people that i know who just watch the news all day long Mm -hmm. and look at like like fox news and and just like watch that like all day and just sit in their chair and watch you know the horrific stuff that that is real that is happening like some not all of it is you know how it's painted to be on the telly right but it's but it's there's some truth right and there's a lot of realness to to things that are happening in the world right now absolutely undeniably so um and it's always been happening forever you know like wars and 
violence and you know just like really scary things that are not okay like that's the raw real nitty-gritty of it is that there's always been a darkness but um it's almost like now people are just very heavily distracted and have chosen to make that their reality like and that's the frequency and and for me um it's it's almost like it's it's stripping the life out of their own personal life and being in the now moment for themselves and finding their bliss you know and in an abrasive world people do choose their realities right (laughs) and to a degree i know that it's such a complex and also tricky subject to navigate right yeah well you say that and then yeah it's like as soon as you try to apply some context there's exceptions and there's things to be careful about and there's things not to hurt people by being insensitive about and then at the same time it's undeniable that in some sense we create our realities and i like to talk about that as being like a collective kind of a sense maybe or like we kind of come together in a density to agree on something and then that becomes a reality so maybe that helps us evade some of these problems of being like, well, you're sick. It's your fault. You got, you got attacked. It's your fault. Like that's not, that's not right. But it's uh, in some sense, I think it's undeniable. Yeah. Such a slippery thing to navigate, but yeah, I think that um, we're in such a cool time too with, with it's like, we're in this crossroads too with Mm -hmm. um, things like AI yeah. <laughs> and oh my gosh <laughs> what do you have to i'm curious what so you'll never catch me creating like an ai version of myself on <laughs> you already got I, me doing it <laughs> did i catch you i didn't know that you did that okay I was just saying well not yet but i was just saying to my dad over christmas it's so funny i was like um I was like, I really, I forget what prompted it, some commercial or something, but I was like, I really, really want to be a cyborg. Like I really want to become an AI version of myself so I can live forever and continue to think forever. Because what if I would, what if I could always continue to think? Can you imagine what we would come up with so much? I know not everybody feels that way, but like, yes, they, and I keep saying it into the, into the ether too, into the digital world, because I'm like, somebody's going to be combing this information. Somebody's going to find my podcasts and my read books and my music. Somebody's I'm recreatable and this is intentional. (laughs) So that's my take. (laughs) You know, I'm completely opposite. I'm, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, let's get rid of it. Like, I'm like, (laughs) I'm on the side where I'm like, you know what? This has gone too far. <laughs> well, maybe you're in your maybe you're in your last lifetime here. I was told by a by a psychic uh, that I'm in my last reincarnation, and I was like, I don't think I'm ready to know that. I don't think I'm ready for that. I would like if this is the last one, may it go on forever. Because <laughs> it's not that I'm scared of death. I actually embrace death probably more than almost anybody you could talk to. It's not even about that. I'm not afraid of death at all. It's that I love life. That's what it is. It's not that I want to avoid the death part. It's that I want, I love the life part and I can love things and put them down. So I'm okay with dying, but I love it so much that I could see myself doing it forever. Does that make sense? So I'm just, 
I like to look at what's natural. Sure. Right. Like at nature and like what happens is, is that like the thing dies, the, you know, the flower dies, the, um, <clears throat> you know, the grass dies, eventually the tree will die, the, the squirrel dies, the owl dies, you know, and um, for me, <clears throat> and, and it doesn't come back and that's, you know, it composts, you know, or, you know, whatever. And I'm, I'm on that, you know, sort of like, I, I like to look at what's natural and I want to match that. I think what we're doing right now, this is my opinion. I think what we're doing with artificial intelligence is extremely dangerous and is like defying nature. It's almost, it's almost in a way defiling it. It's turning it into something that's like really um, swimming upstream and um, sort of is, uh, <clears throat> it's it's playing god too much for me and um you know for me it's not the what it's the how dying like i'm on board with that (laughs) (laughs) we've both been on board for a while i think (laughs) we're both kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet that's all (laughs) we were hardcore we come from the generation that cut ourselves yeah we were the cutter generation this i should put a warning on this episode but we were the ones that had (laughs) trigger warning no no (laughs) we're not this is the unfiltered truth right like it is we like came from the generation that you know we were burning cigarettes into our own arms you know we were yeah that was weirdly popular that was like a sign of a sexy particular guy that i'm thinking (laughs) right it's like that guy like listened to a lot of nirvana you know what i mean he like he freaking tattooed himself with the xc nirvana you know face with cigarettes at the time oh no but yeah i just um yeah with with dying it's not the what it's the how i would like a more organic death you know that was pretty painless like i think most people <laughs> would there's nothing special about that and um as far as like what's left behind i would consider it you know, an accomplishment, like, I mean, I don't know, in some ways, I could say I already feel accomplished, right? Like, I've created some art, I've helped a lot of, you know, I was a yoga teacher, sound healer, I've, yeah, I've, like, helped a lot of people, I also, you know, have worked in behavioral therapy for a few years now, Mm -hmm. and I've helped a lot of clients out with different things that have, um, you're a healer, there's no doubt, and you've made a lot of art and music, you're very, very prolific, yeah so why keep going why (laughs) (laughs) why keep going i've already done the work this is it you know what mission accomplished came to earth did the thing like you know but no but like i i just i feel like there's a lot of fear around death right now right and um it's an important subject to touch on is that um you know, we need to have a healthier relationship with it. I mean, our whole culture is based around avoiding it, right? It's just yeah, that's a good point. avoiding it. And avoiding the discomfort around it. Yeah, it makes people very uncomfortable, which I love, but you know. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> this, you, love to, you love to be in those dark places. I forget if we talked about your chart, but like, do you have a oh, lot yes. of Scorpio in your chart? Because it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> Um, not to reveal too too much, but it is my first house. There you go. There you go. 
Um, I think we've talked about that's why your sense of humor is like uh it's almost like wicked but it's just it's very very funny if to be me who knows you for years and to listen to you go off about something is like very very funny because I know you to be I don't know like the most genuine soul that there is and the most like shining light in this world and then you'll just say something that's so off the cuff <laughs> that shouldn't almost be said and it's basically the funniest thing in my universe oh, do not get me started about <laughs> people that wear scrunchies or want <laughs> them i mean like do not get me certain subjects like you know junk kids do not get me started on junk kids like that. these are all concepts that. that like may be more unique to me but when i go on my rants like People are not freaking ready for them. People I mean, get wide-eyed and they're just like, what do we do next? Like, do we run? Like, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> and then right after I'm done with like my like angry ass rant, you know, I'm just like, you know, let me brew you some Tulsi tea. Yeah. To, like, <laughs> now let me be the most grounded and down-to-earth person you've literally ever met. <laughs> like literally. But that's the medicine <laughs> of these times too, is putting a twist of humor into everything and also like like you know you got to acknowledge the dark but you know we can't just be like so concerned all the time oh that's so awful and blah 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 you know like <laughs> we can't just like, worry and be like anxious together and like you know I get it like I know you know some you know some of my friends like to bleed all over the place uh, over their over the things that are like giving them and it's valid like you know the anxieties and the fears and the anger and everything it's like okay like okay like i get like i understand mm -hmm. like but it's also it's okay to feel like you're allowed to also have moments where you also feel good you know you can't yeah. just sit there and stew and feel bad at all the time you know it's like you've got to it's almost like self-hating too. Sorry? It's almost like self-hating to sit there for that long and just not move on from it. So that is like a gift, I think, when you can get people to make light of something that they're so totally stuck in. Like, it's important to feel, but it's also important to process. <laughs> Absolutely. Remember, um, I don't know why this is like jumping around a subject matter, but I had a client who um went by she, her pronouns and had another client who was, you know, being an asshole to them one day and then said, um, during a fight said, you want to go, bitch, let's go, you know, <laughs> and then I heard like a chair slam against a wall oh my God. And came running. But then when I ended up talking to the um, kid who said, bitch, let's go, I like, was like in front of both of them, I was like, well, like when, you know, the sauce settled down, I was like, well, eh, at least you use the right pronouns. <laughs> At least you're gendering her correctly. Yeah. And they loved, they both loved it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That was a huge trigger where like the pronouns for my one class, like a huge one. And it was like a moment where we could all like laugh and turn like the, you know, hard nitty gritty, like raw situation into like you know something like like it's bringing medicine it's like alchemizing like you know yeah, I like think alchemizing. the humor is the medicine right and um 
it's not for everybody. Like I have a Sagittarius moon and I have a tongue that's like a little fork tongue made of fire <laughs> and it just like spits out fire sometimes. And it's not <laughs> always, it's not always invited to the party, but when it shows up, it is just not for everybody. You know, when I, I get that. though, you, you find the people that are meant for you though. And like, I've always <laughs> loved your friends whenever I've met them, you always surround yourself with the people that that can deal with it, I think, are some of the most interesting people <laughs> <laughs> that, that can deal with it. Yeah, I know. I agree. And um, yeah, thank you. Because it's <laughs> you something know, I don't that even I mean it in a negative way. I find you like a del- you're like a delightful little goblin. That's. It is. It's like I think you're right. It's like alchemizing. It's like medicine. It really is. Cause you can feel, you can feel that like energetic shift happen. And I don't know. I think a lot of, I think a lot of what you've done in your whole life is alchemizing too. I think you're clearly an alchemist because I don't even know how I can express that with words, but just like the places that we were and then the places that I've seen you go to and the things that I've seen you be is alchemy, you know? I would, you know, nod that right back your way. (laughs) Like same same to you um and i think it also takes it takes one to know one yeah kind of thing sometimes we wander through the world and people are just like this person's like nuts like, mm-hmm. or like this person's tripping or whatever like there's also a lot of people against us and i don't know what kind of fucking evil ass like nasty ass force or side they're working with mm-hmm. uh, um like I know some of your stuff, you know, and yeah. I now, just I'm can't. A controversial so- figure, Stephen. I'm not. I am not beloved by all. I, I'm beloved by some. That's what I'm saying. Is like sometimes, like moths are attracted to a bright light, right? Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I was like, um, oh, go ahead. Oh no! Yeah, no, you go. I always thought of like, um, there's always something in my head and I know it's not like a universal rule for people, but it's more just like a mantra for me of like, if I find, if I wake up one day and I find that people are hating me, I have to be doing something right. And I know that like people can hate you cause you did a shitty thing, you know, but like for me, it's like, if nobody hates you, you're not really doing anything. If somebody, mm. if people like really passionately are trying to get you to stop, that must be spot on. You know, like, Unless it it's um, like in, a, in a particular context, the way, as I say that, I'm like, you know, obviously there's exceptions. <laughs> don't, don't violate people. But like, if people are like that mad about your business, then that's interesting. That's probably a good sign. Yeah. You're s- kicking up the sand, huh? That's what I think. Kicking up the muck in my favorite mason jar analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah but you know and this can be taken out of context sometimes but yeah like i don't know who said i kind of forget but it's like well-behaved women rarely make history yeah like i think sometimes you have to go against the grain and be a, i'm definitely a rule breaker like in pretty much all situations in life and you know when i started working in direct care and like now that i'm working in aba therapy i'm 
like definitely that rule breaker where I like, you know, take action and beg for forgiveness later. Mm. I like to, you know what I mean? I'm like, cause I think that's like, we'll touch on this, right? Like that's how intuitive people work. Like we know in the now moment, like what sometimes like we act upon like our initial, you know, intuitive response to things and what we think it, it, it just can't, we can't even help it. Almost. We need to, um, find that outlet for it by taking the action or saying the thing and um yeah i think like you know sometimes people are more calculated than that and um or just have their opinions and want to do things the quote-unquote right way or whatever but we're very intuitive people and we take actions intuitively i know what you mean and then it tends to i mean it doesn't always work out the way you expect, but it tends to guide you in the right direction, no matter what, when you get really good at exercising that muscle, I think. So I wish more people could work on that. <laughs> you know, I'm looking around like, God, girl, I was at the airport yesterday, right? I flew back um, to St. Pete yesterday where I live now. And <sighs> I'm just like, you know, I navigate the room and crowds and stuff based on like energy yeah how and how the flow is it's a dance it's a big symphony yeah the rest of the room and i just notice it's like one in every hundred people who are also like doing the dance with you mm. you know and trying to do it with everyone but it's like almost at this point how maybe it's always been like this but it's almost like I'm just like having to um I'm like ready to tango, you know, and everyone yeah. else is sometimes it feel it feels this is me like it feels like everybody else is just like, you know, sloppy and like, <laughs> you know, like completely unaware and yeah. just like la di da and like not even a shed, you know, of awareness around their aura around their behaviors and um for me it's it can be it's also like people like us and anyone like listening it's it's hard it's hard to be this way like just like knowing that it is fucking hard to be that person in the room who is navigating the world in this way it's not easy work and it can be isolating it can be really um lonely but then that's where the humor also comes in that's, that's where you kind of can just like you know make fun of it you know I think you're right completely I've experienced that too just like being in I do it in the train stations a lot because that's like it's like a giant echoing room where people are just walking around getting to their various destinations and I play this kind of game with myself where I'll like walk say I need to walk from one corner of the big room to the other or whatever and all like play around with the energy and it is like a dance but I'll kind of like look with my eyes and be like okay like I'll look at somebody and I'll be like okay I really want you to move out of my way I really want you to go to the left go on to the left and then they'll go to the left or like you know what I mean like I'll just kind of like direct or even people walking at me as I'm walking at them and I'll be like you're the one that's going to move not me you know what I mean or like play with the way that the flow is and some people are more aware of it than others and some people have a little bit more control to where they can be like no <laughs> no you're moving or whatever but like uh a lot of times it's kind of surprising how much you can kind of 
I don't know if there's like, especially if it's especially live in a big room like that, or if there's something about the acoustics that helps it, but it's, it's so fun. Like it might sound like a fake game or something. Like you're just imagining and projecting how people are going to act or, or maybe sensing it based on their body language. And then you think it, but I, I want to say that there's something that you can kind of play around with, with the energy there. Do you do that? I do that, but also like exactly that. But also when I had my Kundalini awakening mm -hmm. for like two weeks after that, and I um, felt like I was levitating off the ground, like literally for two weeks. And like, I thought that I was like fucking Moses, you know, <laughs> I, was I was in New York city and I was parting people like the red fucking scene. Yes. <laughs> and I had my path and I was just like parting people in my mind and then they would do it and I don't know like you know I, I I feel like a bigger expert on that could explain that in a way that like might and I know that there are going to be people listening who are like that's just lunatic you know but like if you've accessed that <laughs> and, and like know what I'm talking about then like cool kudos to you because you know what's up like it's there's a realness to that I remember distinctly like having almost like mind control over people and their actions like and it was wild to experience it and I was like oh I'm for sure Moses like you know <laughs> not, like literally but I was like oh I have powers you know and it was like trippy and cool at the time and yeah and we all do we have more than we even know but yeah. at the time it was I was so open cracked open and now I like don't play that way really um as much like sometimes like <clears throat> you know I think like think that's like a frequency that's hard to maintain at all times. it is some of the the raw potency of that whole initial awakening kind of moment for me, definitely faded. And I was also warned about that by a psychic, weirdly enough, who was like, yeah, this is going to go on for you for a little bit over a year. And then it's going to be like, you still have those, those things that you have that have happened and you can still kind of access them, but it's almost like it dulls down or something like, like there's like an initial explosion of just like raw power. And then eventually you're kind of just like in it more. And it's more like, it's like the water stopped being boiling hot and got kind of lukewarm or something. <laughs> Which is not 100. all bad because it's a lot for somebody to take constantly forever to have that kind of, you know, access to those things. Um, I don't know if it's healthy. I think you're kind of, I think you are on about that. Yeah, we were, we came to the planet to be human, right? And like part of like the human experience is, and also, you know, like to, to be humble, but also like, you know, maybe we're not meant to control anyone or like like anyone outside of ourself you know and just be in control of our own bodies and is that actually even okay to like be doing things like that even if you know that you can